You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM and wherever you're listening to this worldwide on Nerdtonal Media and the WrestlingRewind.com where you can find all of our shows for free because we haven't, me, I haven't been bothered setting up the Patreon yet, but I will eventually. Um, what are you doing, Dara? There are thousands of people out there just throwing money at a paywall and it keeps bouncing back at them. Bouncing like... back. What can I do? I'm the worst capitalist ever, but I will get better. I'll endeavor to be a better capitalist, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, that, that's my promise to you, Martin, as well. Um, but... that. <laughs> if only so I can violently overthrow you. <laughs> so I can violently um yes well we are here and i have to say martin after um last week while it was a good show i'm very much happy to be back in the time machine because we had one heck of a show (laughs) this week it was super fun i mean whenever you get to go back and and watch one of these old raws it's just unlike anything else so we have we have one like we've one of the landmark episodes of raw which I think doing pay-per-view by pay-per-view, it does kind of show the error of your ways in certain ways, where it's just like, you miss these little things. Particularly, oh, man, we, we landed almost by accident. Yeah, we landed in, this. In, in a golden... Like, so we got here by... Uh, we were kind of between arcs, and you just wanted to pick like something really random as a kind of palate cleanser, and you picked this random... Um, episode of Sunday Night Heat because it had the Owen Hart Ken Shamrock uh, Lions, Den. Lions Den match yeah. okay? and this is a one hour Sunday Night Heat and we were suddenly smitten and now <laughs> the pair of us are in the middle of genuinely, genuinely one of the golden ages of wrestling And you know what's like, it's like I don't know if you watch Doctor Who or not but it's kind of like we've done like a wrestling Doctor Who where, you know, the thing with Doctor Who is he never knows where he's going. He just randomly appears in different time periods. And that's kind of what we've done or Quantum Leap where he, just, <laughs> he doesn't know the jumps. So we've kind of just done that where we've ended up Doctor Who and into like the golden we've age kinda, of wrestling. We've kind of done it backwards it, where instead of like we're watching modern wrestling and then every so often we dip into the past. Now we're like we're like week to week in in the full uh, 
shove and thrust of like 1999 and every so often we have to come up for air and do like uh, full gear or survivor series or something i think it's much more fun because i'm like every time we go back i'm like oh i can't wait to find out what happens next when i fully know what happens next and I'm like, <laughs> i know where it's building like, to and I'm oh like, my god i did not see that thing that i knew was coming coming <laughs> oh man no, it's, just it's so like fun. it's like uh when OSW talk about uh, about Owen Hart getting Pearl Harbored by <laughs> uh, by Scott Hall from the front, <laughs> it's like he sees it coming and he oh, still man. he still reacts with shock. <laughs> I don't know. I was just you know because in the fact now it's like there is a funny actually like synchronicity on the way it's laid out on the network. Which again, folks, if you don't have the network, it is, I don't know how you're following this. But so you know. Fair play if you're doing it, but on the network, the way the way they have it lined out, the last episode of Raw for 1999 and this episode and the way this is laid out actually lines up kind of perfectly. It's like a perfect like bookend yeah. to the year. Um, but also, although if you are following this and you don't have the network, please let me know how because I would love to stop giving <laughs> WWE 9.99 a month. But you know what, as well, right? The going through. Like, because it's when you open up and you go to Raw, it starts with the most recent thumbnails, you know? Yeah. And the show, while it's gotten better, it just doesn't hit the same. You know what I mean? It's like there's nothing on there that, you know, or there's one or two things where I'm like, oh, that's intriguing to watch. Like, there might be a ladder match or a cage match or something. But, like, as as much as I dislike them, it's it's actually not even entirely their fault. It's not. There is is just a wrestling kind of captures a moment in time yeah so like like the what they call the golden era like the 80s you know around hulkamania and all that like that can never ever happen again and it's not because wrestling can't book it to happen again it's because people and society have changed completely and the attitude era can never happen again not because wrestling can't book it to happen again but because our as a society, not as individuals, but our responses to those, like those types of antics have changed, you know? So yeah. it's wrestling's very much like almost like a time capsule. But I mean, like when I'm going through it here, right. And I'm, I'm just literally just scrolling up and down. There's very few things that stand out. And you know, actually here's the thing. You should know me well enough at this point. Guess what? The one thing that stands out to me more than anything else is in modern times. Oh, in modern times. In modern times, yeah. The one thing that actually made me stop. There's two of them. If you can guess what one of them is. Something that made Dara stop in modern times. Um, I'll take a guess and I'll say... And anything referencing Triple H as Booker. No, it's, it, it, it's something on screen specifically. That on is screen. relatively new. Uh, there's two actually, but r- relatively new. Relatively new on screen. Yeah, so an on screen character. Uh, in modern WWE? Yeah. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Bailey? He can't wrestle. He can't. <laughs> That's not. Not massively narrowing it down. Go on, I'm, I'm never going to guess. Go on. The Fiend. The Fiend. The Fiend. 
Did we lose him? I think I think we broke Martin. Martin, did we lose you? Oh, I think he's gone. <laughs> Hello? Martin, did we lose you? Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you lost me, but no, my bloody cord came out there. Sorry. Um, here we do. We break there. Um, so what 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 is it about the fiend? Is it that he's specifically no, character based, or I, I I think I think it's just specifically just the actual visual visual presentation of this is something unique. You know, I mean, because when you're going through the thumbnails, it's all very sanitized. It's all very similar. Like it all looks the same you know um but what you just stop and you're like what the hell is that you know it's the same with finn balor and the demon gimmick like, what the hell is that you know yeah but then when you click to it like again you can do this for yourself right um but then no, when you I... go to but then when you go to 1999 right a lot of triple h there so obviously it's great <laughs> a lot of stone cold there it's great the undertaker means super weird you know it it just captures these moments but that that kind of goes back to Every time we do... Something. Like, hold on, sorry. One of the moments is literally the brood coming up out of the, the fire. Oh, like, imagine just opening that's this. That's still awesome. I, yeah, but how imagine, did they not give that to someone else? That's still awesome. No, but I mean, imagine you don't know any of this. And look, there's probably people watching this now. I mean, sure, look, uh, CJ in, in my band, only I thought he was a massive wrestling fan, and he is. When he started watching wrestling over the pandemic, he has no idea about this stuff. So imagine... Gotta get, if, that, get, gotta get that guy in the show. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying... Um, but imagine just being someone who never experienced this before. And then you open up this and you're like, whoa, look at all these cool things. Like Val Venus is attacking a casket for some reason. Uh, under te- <laughs> uh, st- some some young one is being, in a black dress is being crucified. I mean, this is a teddy bear is on fire for some reason. I mean, there's just these questions when you're like, what the hell's going on? And you don't get that with modern WWE from the thumbnails. It's like, you're like, oh, okay, there's, the cage match oh, but that just, that yeah. actually goes back to like everything i say every time we review a modern wwe pay-per-view and you or dave go all right martin like overall what do you think of it and i'm like all right well like i have to preface it by saying that i just don't like the modern presentation it is too clean it is too shiny it is too sanitized it is too overly produced it is too colorful there's nothing gritty or unexpected about it whereas you go back to 1989 and like you say those thumbnails are it's a, a smorgasbord of just wild different things going on and crowds that are going absolutely nuts and so one of the notes i have in this show is it just it caught me off guard double j came out jeff jarrett came out and the pop when he came out was huge and i'm it didn't make me think that Jeff Jarrett was over. It made me realize, my God, everyone in this era is over. Like everyone's massively over. Everybody's so over. I kind, I kind of yeah. know. What, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of know what you mean. You know, and I, I, it's just it's it's weird because it it only kind of hit me going back because <laughs> I don't want to watch any of that raw again. You know, any of the modern ones. I'm like, there's nothing that could compel me enough. To, and yeah, okay, fair enough. It could be nostalgia. It probably is. But then I'm like, no. I mean, this show genuinely 
that we're going to cover now. It's a random episode of Raw. Yeah. And it's just entertaining. You know, oh, from, yeah, like from, there from might Bell, be Bell. there might be in the past couple of years, maybe modern WWE pay-per-views that you go back and watch. Yes, I'm sure absolutely. I'm sure at yeah. some stage in the future you'll go back and watch like WrestleMania with Stone Cold again or yeah, probably, yeah. whatever. But no way in hell at any stage in the past ten years is anyone going back to watch going, Oh god, do you remember that episode of Raw? Like it, it just doesn't have the iconic moments that it used to. Like, do you remember we were watching it the other week, and and we were because we weren't expecting it. We didn't even realize that this was that episode where McMahon and Stone Cold come face to face, and he's screaming at him in the corner of the ring. Yeah, it just doesn't have that stuff. Raw's no, just this thing that trudges along until you get to the pay per view. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just it's. It's very strange. It's a very kind of strange way to set up. And I think for anyone who hasn't done that, again, if it's just your first show, welcome. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> it, like, if you if you're new to it, like I would recommend, you know, if you're a WWE fan, you absolutely have a have a network subscription. Go back and just kind of do that. Even just picture it, and you can kind of see the like. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna do it here in real time. Um, you can kind of see the fall for when it starts losing. The, the kind of gravitas like 2000 again is just unbelievable you know 2001 uh you know starting to see the fall off but i mean still it's i mean it's just these moments that are you know iconic and then once you get into 2002 like you start getting some filler you know late 2001 yeah. 2000 you start getting some filler but like the return of Shawn michaels and that and then the wheels kind of fall off, you know, and starts looking very, very similar. And it kind of has that holding pattern for, for years. But 1999 is a very special point. Well, we, just, anyway, sure. we just reviewed uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which is, uh, like, not a, not a bad show, but it's a, it's a fairly mid-level, uh, B, B, not mid-level, it's a B pay-per-view. It's not one of the big ones. Mm. And for me, it rivals anything they've put out this year. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. absolutely. Definitely has more star power, anyway. More st- and more, it's not even the star power. I mean, that's part of it. But it's just more, there's a sense that the big things on the show matter. They're mm. momentous. And like, like the match between Austin and uh, Mr. McMahon, it's not a great technical wrestling match. There's no no great wrestling going on in it. But the story has been built so well. The crowd is so hot. And the action is so visceral. Like, like I take it what happened was they went out there and they knew, look, we're not going to be able to put on a convincing wrestling match here. So what we're going to do is batter each other. And then every so often in between battering each other, we're going to pull out like a massive stunt, like a huge spot. And it and it worked amazingly well. And that's like like a not even a pay per view that they've ever revisited again. No. Yeah. It was it was a one time only kind of throwaway thing. But I mean that I think because the pay per views and the stories all kind of fed into each other and they all told the story. It was it wasn't about the show so much, it was about the story whether whereas now and actually it's something we are gonna get to and full full disclosure here. WrestleMania nineteen eighty nine is pretty terrible. Genuinely. It's real bad. Um I haven't watched it in a couple <laughs> of years, but it's really bad. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually kinda of looking forward to it because I was worried it was going to be um I thought we were coming up to 
X17. No, that's two years away. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I was like, ah, like, it'd be nice to review because obviously it's like one of the best WrestleManias ever, but at the same time, kind of boring because I've seen it so much and I'm sure everybody who listens to the show has seen it so much. And now that I've realized that that's not the one <laughs> we're heading towards, I'm actually a wee bit excited. No, we're, we're, we're barreling towards the one where Butterbean knocks out Bart, Bart Gunn in like a second. So, fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. They they actually oh. start they start bringing it up on this show as well. I'm like, oh, oh this is a bad show. They do. Yeah, they do. You know what? Uh, separately, <laughs> and again, and uh, we'll move on. But one final note on St Valentine's Day massacre. Do you know what I think Tony Khan should do? What by the rights to it? I think he should. I think he should copyright St Valentine's Day massacre. You know what? Because I, I, I wonder, has it lapsed? I wonder have the have to let it go in the last. 25 years probably actually i'm gonna see if the domain is actually for sale then i'm gonna buy it <laughs> and sell it to tony and sell it to tony he'll be our first patreon contributor <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see uh, gotta be professional here and, and research on a uh, research on air that's yeah. it oh man so we'll while while Dar is doing that research, we'll we'll kill some of the dead air yeah. by uh, just talking about something I was going to save until the end of the show for my. Do you know whenever you say, "Oh, oh Martin, have you want to plug?" Well, I woke up this morning about five a.m., uh, which be fairly unusual for me, but my body must have known something momentous was happening. Oh my god, it's for sale, but it costs two thousand euro. Tony, you can have it. It's too rich Holy for my Holy hell! Yeah, it's available. It's a premium domain, which means someone owns it still. But it is up for sale, so that means WWE might actually still have rights to it. But two thousand euro—that's very. That that seems. That seems really cheap for a. For a. Well, well usually domains are like only a couple of bucks, you know. Um, but we can do a yeah. We can do a bit of bit of magic and see who owns it. See, and this is totally legal, by the way, guys. It really is. It's 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 all public. Tell, tell you what, folks. If ever there was a reason to to uh, subscribe to our Patreon, if we get two thousand euro <laughs> on the Patreon over the next week, we will buy the St Valentine's Day massacre domain. <laughs> And we oh my god! Oh my god! Make a business case, and we will head to Tony Khan. Oh, okay. Someone in Arizona, Warner. Oh, okay. So all I can find out is Arizona, my honest. So whoever is quanted there. So someone in Arizona owns this one. So we'd have to buy it off them. I wonder, is this a? Uh... Not even anyone connected to WWE. I think it's just some random person, maybe. Yeah, is it like a really enterprising person? Like literally, what I was going to do, someone just beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs> That's... So there's, there's, yeah. There's a guy. I can't remember his name, but you know, Twentieth Century Fox. Yeah, yeah. He went in, and as soon as they they before they announced that that's actually so that story is someone bought like a bunch of Batman domains and yes. then them back to them. But yeah, and it, one it, of the one of the domains he bought was as we got to the end of the 20th century, he bought the domain for 21st century Fox. No way. And they went looking because they they weren't going to change their name, but what they wanted to do was 
uh, newer movies and that they wanted to sort of create a side company and call it 21st Century Fox mm. and they ended up having to pay this guy m- massive money for yep. the domain and all he did was like spend like you say like 20 30 bucks on... yeah. so the thing I was just going to do is called domain jacking where you just buy the domain and sit on it um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that's obviously what that guy's doing so at the moment it's going quite well for him but yeah i mean that's what if you ever want to know what's coming up soon look for the domains that have been purchased re- recently because it's all public like it's all fully legit like you can see who owns what and you know and, and that's why you know any games or movies that come out they'll be like batman versus superman batman versus superman the movie batman superman returns batman superman dc batman you know, they're just all the possible domains they could do which is why it's funny when the right sensor domain yeah. went out and you could just buy it because I mean that shouldn't happen. But I, I would I would say to all our listeners that doesn't mean you can go out and buy Wrestling Rewind slash Patreon. That's Dara's going to Dara's going to set that up really soon. So, <laughs> well, that would be silly because domains uh, <laughs> Patreon is a different website. But uh, see, right. the trick Dara, I'm not as tech savvy as you. I'm only trying to make jokes. The trick, ladies and gentlemen, is when you buy a domain, you set up a domain protection, so you can't be bought off the domain, it just auto-renews. And most companies do. This is what we need to get sponsored by, by like, a, a domain company. I'm going to, like, I'm gonna like try set that up. Or if someone's listening who owns a domain company, we'll, we'll gladly shill for you, because, you know, why not? <laughs> I'm never going to set up that, that Patreon, because it couldn't be bothered, but uh, we will do we it eventually. Check, we should check if Trump 2024. Oh, yeah, that's, that's one about ages been... ago. Has it, has it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, wonder, I mean, when, when's the next Irish presidential election? Twenty-five, is it? Twenty-five, is it? Oh my God, we should buy Cherry oh Adams, twenty twenty-five. No, we could buy the official ones and just get them all through route to the Wrestling Rewind. Cara, twenty twenty-five. That'd be amazing. Stone Cold, twenty twenty-five. Austin versus <laughs> McMahon, twenty twenty-five. Be amazing. Um, no, anyway. at, least, at least make it realistic. Bit Finlay, twenty twenty five. Oh man. Anyway, going back to why we're here. Yeah, sorry, about this. we got wild sidetracked. We there. did get wild, but this is why the people listen. We appreciate you, folks. Really, it do. is. They listen because they don't want to hear about the show. They just want to hear about random musings on <laughs> <laughs> nonsense, on wild tangents. <laughs> no, it's wild tangents with a side of wrestling. With a touch, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's <laughs> rambling nonsense with just a, a sprinkling, just a, a, sp- <laughs> a whisper, a, a rumor, a rumor of wrestling. That's twenty years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what are we doing? Anyway, anyway, so folks, I hope you appreciate how domains work. It's fun. It's a fun topic, uh, and that's how you do it. So there you go, and you got some real life examples of domains in general so there we go we're educational if not else, Martin. educational jerry adams 2025 <laughs> do not support or condone this this is, this is martin's own opinions ladies and gentlemen jara doesn't support or this. the wrestling rewind plc fully no, supports no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> and um, furthermore phoenix oh fm would like to endorse this oh my god that's been edited out okay <laughs> oh well you just met now i have to edit so much. thank you sorry anyway and that's why you listen to the podcast ladies and gentlemen because that kind of stuff is left in <laughs> where it can't be left in on the radio <laughs> all right so uh 
Okay, February the fifteenth. So this is this has been like the weirdest week of my life, Martin, watching wrestling, right? Where it's like the same week has happened. So I didn't realize when we were watching that episode of Heat that there was going to be a Saturday Night Raw and then a Sunday Night Heat and That's then a pay right. It's it's been like four four days spread out over four weeks, five weeks. It and actually it, has, yeah, yeah, for us. And it's so bizarre. You're like, how are they still on this? This uh, this month, like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, it, it's Mc, McMahon. McMahon's coming out with like a neck brace, but to us, it's like, ah, Jesus, Vince, should that happen to Fortnite ago? Would you ever get over yourself? Get over it. Those cuts should have healed. What are you doing? You know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because we didn't cop initially, and again, this is because the way they recorded it. Some of it was live, some wasn't live. That that episode of Raw wasn't on a Monday. It was actually on a Sunday. Well, it was broadcast on a Sunday. And I'm oh, sorry, broadcast on a Saturday. And then Heat was on a Sunday and the paper was on a Sunday. And then this was obviously um, was on Monday Night Raw after, um, after pay-per-view. So they've been in Alabama for a while as well. So it's just like, okay, fair enough. Um, well, sorry, not, not they weren't in Alabama for They've been in the, the South for a while because obviously the pay-per-view was in Tennessee. So they've, they've been in the South for a little while. Wait, so this, um... I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if that's right, because I was looking in the audience star and none of them were particularly attractive. I mean, honestly, you're the only 10 I see. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Sus- it. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Nerd to Know Media is the one, but everyone doesn't specifically. I'll get onto it. I, I will put it on my tier list. Uh Anyway, so this came from Birmingham, Alabama. It was in Jefferson Civic Center and was on the 15th of February, 1999. 15th of February, day after Valentine's Day. It was. Thousands, maybe, maybe hundreds of thousands of people were sitting down to watch this match, not realizing that they were newly pregnant. And two days after the last episode <laughs> of... She's going to breeze over that. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. I just... <laughs> All right, go on. So your commentators for the night were Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. Ring announcer Tom, Tony Chimmel, which, you know, it's kind of... You forget Tony Chimmel was as, as, as active as he was. I When I... In my head, I always think of... Um, and... Sorry, what? Oh, sorry. In your head, you think of who? Um, the Fink. The thing to bring it up, but it's hard. It's it's impossible not to think of. But see, I you know it it because I haven't gone back and watched these episodes, and long since they've been on. In my in my memory, it is the thing. So it's kind of weird to see Tony Chimmel out there, but I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense because you know the the thing was getting old even it's, then. Like it's you know? weird for me to see uh, to watch these shows and see Michael Cole and not want to climb into the television and strangle him. Well, I mean, he's getting better now. He, like in with six months, he's rehabbed his entire image. But yeah, I mean, for a long time, you know, Mike. Oh yeah, like, man, he this is isn't bad. But b- back then, yeah, I have, I have, I have no issue. Nineteen ninety nine, Michael Cole, absolutely no issue with him. Yeah, I mean, like he wasn't a pet. He wasn't a patch on Jr. Obviously, but like you know, no, of course not. But he and also Jerry King Lawler as well. Like, yeah, he says some horrendous things he really does but at the same time you're also like wow you're really a heel like you're very easy to hate i think i think i've been i think i've been ever since we did our 
2000 WCW. <laughs> I think I've been just, <laughs> just completely desensitized to Jerry Lynn. Like, Jerry Lynn's going, oh my God, puppies, puppies. And I'm sitting, oh, that's kind of sweet. That's like, yeah, like but that's, naive that's... and innocent. It's not like a WCW <laughs> where they were like, like, aggressively frothing and <laughs> screaming at women. Like it was just... Well, I mean, look, the thing about it is we've, we've, we've been desensitized <laughs> to that because, I mean, obviously that was... Nothing will top that. I mean, I'm sorry, that's just... Oh, man, it, it was... Like, and I am a child of the 90s. I've been, you know, I've been through the extreme era and all that stuff. My God, some of the WCW stuff we listened to even shocked me. Yeah, I mean, guys, if you think we're joking, this is a bit. It's not like it's, <laughs> we've it's we've covered not. all the pay the pay views are up on they're all free on Spotify or wherever you get the pay wherever you get the shows, and um, yeah, man, I mean, Jesus, like, yeah, but but <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of an example I can give. That no, don't. You won't have to edit. <laughs> no, I'll have to edit it. Please don't. I tell you what, I'm gonna have to edit show anyway. Give an example. Um. Oh, oh, Major Guns. Do you remember all the stuff that came out with about Major Guns? So Major Guns would come down to the ring. and So she was a wrestler uh, with the, what was the, wasn't the new Misfits, Misfits in yes, Action. Yes, the Misfits in Action. So she'd come down in her like camouflage gear, but her camouflage gear was basically like a, a push-up bra. Um, and like, so her whole thing was, I mean, basically, her whole thing was that she had big tits. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. Like, it's grand to have big tits. I, myself, have a, a have an ample set. Uh, so, <laughs> but she would come down to the ring, and that is, like, literally all they would ever say. But it wasn't anything like, like Jerry Lawler, like, his kind of, like, leering old man but almost kind of endearing thing mm. puppies puppies it was like she'd be in the ring and she'd be doing something that was really integral to the storyline like she'd be betraying someone or she'd mm. be like attacking someone with a weapon and like instead of setting up the storyline the wcw commentators would be going there are big knockers just slapping around the place <laughs> Or just making grunting as going. Like, oh my God! Worse than the words. Worse than the words. Major guns. Way. Major guns would come in and she'd pin someone, and instead of them talking about the ramifications of the pin, what well, I can't remember his name, but he was a guest commentator. He was he was only there for three or four months, but major guns would come in and she'd pin someone, and the next thing, the only thing you'd hear over the commentator desk would be. Uh, Oh, I'd be sitting watching it going, oh, I'd have to pause it and go take a shower. Oh my God, it's so true. Oh, and there's nothing like the feeling when you're watching it and you're like, I'm so uncomfortable. It's just, actually just, ridiculous. Like, And the worst thing is that every so often, like, so WCW back in the day would do something cool every so often. And I'd, I'd shout, I'd, so I'd be watching them here like for the show, and then I'd shout into my girlfriend. I go, Hannah, Hannah, come in. We see this is class. And then they'd be like, Oh, thingy get, thingy getting thrown off the vampiro getting thrown off the scaffold. And she'd be like, Oh wow, that is cool, class. And then she'd sit there. Oh no. 
<laughs> and then, you know, the next part of the show would start and suddenly it would be, oh my God, Stacey Keebler's pregnant, but she's been thrown off the stage. And even though she was only thrown off the stage 15 seconds ago, we, we've just been told that she's lost the baby. <laughs> and Hannah would be looking at me going, what the hell is this? <laughs> you can't defend it. You're like, is this what you do? Is, <laughs> is this what you think of women? It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I didn't write it. And then I'd be, watch it. I'd, be, I'd be trying to tell her how much I really love and respect women. And the next thing all you hear be like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so man. traumatized by WCW. We're talking about 1999 Raw. I still can't get WCW out of my head. No, because it's such. It's so like, yeah. Jerry Jerry Lawler is like, he says some pretty manky stuff about Ryan Shamrock. Do you, do you know? And it still isn't as bad as the stuff that was said on WCW. Do you know what Jerry Lawler in 1999 reminds me of? Um. And it's only because it's compared to WCW. Have you ever seen that episode of Peep Show where Mark talks about how he'd love to be, he was in the Boy Scouts as a child, and now he'd love to be a Boy Scout leader? No. So Mark is talking to Jerry. You're familiar with Peep Show, are you? you I know am, Mark? Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Mark, Mark is talking to Jeremy. He's telling him, Jeremy's going, oh, like, if you had, like, no money worries, what would you do? And Mark goes, Oh, I'd love to be like a Boy Scout leader. And Jeremy gives him this look. And and Mark says, Jeremy, you do not have to be a pedo to want to work with kids. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Jeremy says, yeah, but you told me old man Johnson back when you were in the Boy Scouts was a pedo. And Mark goes, yes, but it was... It was old-fashioned pedo You know, it was kind of like <laughs> giving you a boost over the fence when you didn't need one, or, or making you making you do PE in your underwear. It, it was old-school pedoing before it got such a bad name. So <laughs> Jerry Lawler to me is old-school pedoing, and WCW is modern frothing at the mouth, <laughs> blacked-out windows in a van pedoing. <laughs> Oh my god, I want to edit that out so badly. But it's incredible. It's no, there's no uh, there's no swear words in there. That's, that's totally okay before people the people of Phoenix FM need to know my views on, on Jerry Lawler and Pedo Wing entirely separate from the court case he was involved in. Oh my god. Alright. Oh well, that's I Fair fair description. I mean, it it chalks up the the the. the you know, I feel like. Have you seen Alex Jones and and Kanye West that interview? Have you seen the interview? Oh my god! He's yeah. trying to like where he's trying to like calm it down from the mad stuff he's saying. That's kind of what I feel like. Now. <laughs> 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 oh god, that's so funny. Anyway, we haven't even gotten past the first segment of Raw. <laughs> we haven't for 34 minutes in. <laughs> All right, Wait. let's go. <laughs> so, Deborah and Jeff Jarrett come out to a massive reaction. Deborah's wearing very little. Whoa. <laughs> Ivory very comes, little. is also wearing very little. 
D'Lo Brown comes out. The match isn't really a match. It's to set up a cat fight that happened last night during the title defense. The cat fight is the word used by Michael Cole, not by me. Um, the match ends in a double DQ, and it's the first real example of a mixed tag team match that I can think about that doesn't involve China. So it is pretty interesting in that sense, but the commentary was, you know, Jerry Lawler was kind of losing his mind a little bit. Yeah. And I, I was annoyed that Jeff Jarrett didn't really do that much, and there was no guitars. But they did reference whoa, the guitar. Whoa, 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 whoa. Referenced the guitar the night before. Are you are you watching this on fast forward? No, I'm saying it was there's no guitar in the the to end the match. It was after the match. It wasn't ah, actually right, part right, of the right, match. Right. Because the night before they had used the guitar to get the win, and this was ended in DQ and then the guitar was brought out. So it shook oh. up the form a little bit. But I tell you what, so it generally <laughs> when it comes that's to that's usually double J matches go like actually, well no, modern double J matches end that way now where the guitar sets up the end. Only around this time was the guitar. Is it, is it, isn't it mad that in twenty twenty two we can talk about modern double J matches? <laughs> no, but it's funny because I was waiting for when the guitars came in. They only recently start coming coming in in like this month. So February nineteen ninety nine is when he started doing it. So yeah. we're starting to see him kind of figuring out how it works, and it goes it, out. It fast was more of a WCW. WCW thing, yeah. Yeah, but that's when it, that's when he lost control of himself completely. You can still see he has some kind of tact here to only use it every now and then, and at the end <laughs> of matches, not every minute he comes out and smashing all the guitars. I mean, they must have had some lad on speed dial. But Basically, I tell you what, four hundred guitars. So <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like all, like all raw matches that aren't main events. This was. Uh, kind of nothing two and a half minutes yeah it was kind of nothing uh but what i will say is uh, and this is not something you often got from the women of the era deborah absolutely walloped avery with that guitar yes and i mean she like this was no hulk hogan like tapping sting on the head with the with the chair you know, as if he was trying, like, to only injure a mosquito on his head. She walloped Avery with the guitar, and I was really impressed with that. You never see it. No, no, like, like you never see it. I mean, like, I'm trying to think. Not women's wrestling of the of of that time. Like nowadays, like they'll absolutely batter each other. But back in that time, a lot of hair pulling, a lot of falling around. But when it came. <laughs> time to do anything yeah (laughs) when it came time to doing anything with any impact like they would they'd really really pull their punches Mm. i don't know if deborah was just trying to sell the angle or if she had some actual issue with ivory but she winds up and she blasts her with that guitar well i think i think ivory actually was a legit wrestler from the get-go you know she was actually a, a, a legit wrestler so i mean it wasn't like she you know didn't know what she was doing deborah Deborah was actually, and she was in WCW. So, I mean, they both were like wrestlers to an extent. Ivory had a much better was, wrestling career. Who was Deborah in WCW? She was Deborah McMichael, the wife uh, of Steve McMichael. Steve McMichael, Mongo. Yep, yep. And she was known the queen, as the queen of WCW. <laughs> but she wasn't really a wrestler per se. She more was more just kind of like a, a, a properly a manager. Um, whereas Ivory was in... Um, 
actually a few few territories actually before, and then she her main her main yeah. thing was glow, so she's done glow for ages. So I mean, you know, it was probably a case of she knew she could take it, you know. Yeah, yeah, compared, yeah. Or maybe to, actually, yeah, maybe Ivory beforehand had said, "Would like actually hit me? Don't yeah. don't be tapping me with this." Like, yeah, yeah, and I, 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 you know, knowing what knowing what I've known about Ivory. Um, she does seem like that kind of girl where she's like, no, it'll actually hit me, you know. So I think that was kind of what happened there. And you would you would get flares of that in the etchy there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, nine times out of ten, the women were like, no, they're not going to do anything. You know, it'd be as if falling around slap fights and all that kind of stuff, which, and I mean, tarnished the tarnished the, the division for years. But uh, so much that the belt actually disappears after 2001 for like yeah. seven and or eight years. And the first time it, that that's happened in... WWE before where they've yeah. uh, different eras so they've had yeah. women's champions and the belt just disappeared but yes absolutely this was fantastic so a really cool way to open again it was it was funny because I mean like everyone everyone was over here you know the pop, the pop that I got was similar to like the only one who got a bigger pop was Austin yeah now so so here's the thing everybody's over and I actually have a note on this later when they have the um confrontation between Austin and Mankind and like Mankind's probably the third most over person in the company but yeah. there is a noticeable difference between the Mankind pop and the Austin pop like the Austin yeah. pop is out of this world so the show opens up we should probably should have talked about the show opens first <laughs> the show opens up with HBK coming out which I mean is weird because HBK was going through his uh, his weird phase um, where he lost it's a smile. Weird phase. <laughs> From yeah, like he, he, 1995. To... <laughs> no, where like he had retired, but not really. He was claiming a back injury, and you know he was gone for ages. And they were all, you know, he would p- periodically show up in WWE. And I mean, you mean his not wanting to drop the belt to Brett phase. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> so at this point, he was the commissioner, which we've already seen him. You know, I mean, ima- okay, imagine working this, not in kayfabe, imagine working this in reality where it's like, I don't even know how they shot this. You know, it's such a weird way they had this laid out where he show- randomly shows up on Heat and then is on Raw. You know, it's, it's weird. But anyway, he couldn't have saw our video link, so maybe he just wanted to like visit Alabama. Why not? Um, so he comes out anyway, cuts a, cuts a promo and invites out Austin because they're, they're, this is the first time we've really heard the road to WrestleMania. I think it's the first time the road to WrestleMania was used as well. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. But no, I no, you're absolutely right because everything before this was all St. Valentine's Day Massacre and now they are full tilt WrestleMania. Yeah, so they bring out Austin um, and then they bring out Mankind. And as you said, yeah, the pop for Mankind is significantly less than Austin. But of course, I mean, and the thing about it is even though we know Austin and The Rock is going to happen, you don't buy Mankind's going to go to WrestleMania. You don't buy it. I mean, no, I, I don't know what you thought, but I didn't buy it. Huge Mankind gay. Like, oh, same. Just did not buy it. Did not buy it for a moment. Um, The Rock comes out then, cuts a promo. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Mankind comes out. He says he's in bits, which you can tell he is in bits. Yeah. The uh, McMahon comes out and he's like, oh, you know, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. Bates, Austin, and Mankind kind of against each other, but not really, because you can kind of tell the three lads in the ring are on the same side. The Rock then is brought out uh, after debating, and basically what happens is there is a match between Mankind and The Rock where uh, 
Shawn Michaels is tasked with making a match that has a definitive end because last night obviously the match didn't have a definitive end so he's like hey why don't you make the match you're famous for which is very weird to hear you know because everyone now assumes ladder matches are the Hardy Boys etc and um, yeah so it's a ladder match yeah. now Mankind's never been in a ladder match Rock has been in a ladder match with Triple H a year prior so he has a bit of experience with it and uh, the match is made for the main event later on that night where it's going to be uh, Man- Mankind versus The Rock for the WWE title. But also, the big show is announced for the, as a special guest referee for WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah. So St- Still called Paul White, not quite the big show yet. And using the weirdest team music I've ever heard. What was he? I thought it was he just using the ministry, not uh, corporation or what? No, he using? he's using something weird. Oh, how much for us there? No, no, I'm going to make sure no. I'm not wrong on this. <laughs> make sure I'm not wrong on this. I didn't imagine it. Hold on. How much for us there? No. No, I did imagine it. I'm going to chalk that up as a as a fever dream. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, He was using the corporation music. But what was weird about that was I was expecting Shane to walk yeah. out. Dara was going to go, well, <laughs> well, it's the corporation. <laughs> that would have worked. That would have worked, too. Also, uh, Michael Cole is pre-Frosted um, Tips. I so he doesn't have Frosted Tips at this point. We will. Second. You were going to say pre-op. <laughs> no, we will see his Frosted Tips at some point. Um, and The Rock will yeah. make fun of him horrendously about it. But uh, we're not there yet. Pro- proper order. Proper order. So, okay. After that, um, the the match we just announced was on. Then DX yeah. came out. Here's a weird thing I noticed about DX, and I don't think I don't think I like really remembered it this way. DX was all over these shows constantly. Yeah, I mean they were. And I I don't remember popular, this. Like, yeah, but I don't remember this. For me, DX were much more self-contained for some reason. And now when I'm going back, I'm like, no, they were like just oh, as over the show as the NWO. I think, were. I think it's because so I've noticed the pattern of what would happen is DX would come out and do a promo, you know, and they do, they do their whole shtick and they do the socket thing, and mm. uh, and then that would be to announce a match later in the show. So in this case, it was with um, Kane and supposedly China, but. Yeah, that changed uh, later on in the evening. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I think that's what it was, that they had this formula where rather than like DX wouldn't be a constant thread through the show, what would happen is in the first hour they'd come out and they'd do their whole DX shtick and announce their match, and in the second half they'd have their match. Yeah, I I think it's much more refreshing because with the, like, and even still Billy Gunn comes out right after them. Not with him, he comes in and he does yeah. his own. Oh, did you didn't know? And I'm kind of glad they didn't fully commit to that because he just doesn't carry it. Um, and- <laughs> another thing I noticed was I don't know if this is this must be just the network, but they uh, <laughs> censored or bleeped out Triple H calling, yeah, Kane yeah, the big yeah. red, yeah, he, he calls him it like three or four times. And it's yeah, like, I, oh I don't want to, I, I don't want to give you more editing work, so I won't. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't believe that, like, the editing in this is, you know, it makes sense, but they do aggressively edit, like, obviously where commercials and stuff are, and some of it's really jarring, so I can, like, we're obviously watching the one hour, 39 minute version on the network, so I'd imagine the wear stuff that was probably cut, that was like, holy hell, we can't have this on here, but having your current top booker, all effectively main guy using that word. 
over and over <laughs> again. I totally see why they had to cut it, you know, because you're just like, you can't, you know, <laughs> you just can't. And he's probably sitting there going, oh, man, like, what am I doing? Why did I agree to this, you know? WWE's probably thinking, it's like, oh, all right, look, we got rid of Vince. <laughs> so that's all the controversy. That's all, all the, the controversy, controversy over. All the controversy's gone. And, it's, and, then, and then, Someone's going to email them like an old VHS of just highlights of the DX era. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Um, so Billy Young comes out, has a, has a match. We're going to use that term. We're going to use that word very loosely. Um, <laughs> this is the X-rated intercontinental match. Yes. Uh, with uh, Val Venus, which Ryan Jarmok defeats Billy Gunn to retain the WWF Intercontinental Championship in two and a half minutes. Let's not forget, and so obviously this changes afterwards, but let's not forget, before this match is over, the storyline is still that Val Venus is a porn star. Yes. Who is in a consensual monogamous relationship <laughs> with Ken Shamrock's sister. So... That's the story. And then what happens is Ryan Shamrock gets knocked off the ring apron. Or she she interferes, kind of, sort of. Not really enough to get disqualified, because obviously the qualifications yeah. matter in this athletic contest of two and a half minutes. Oh, this is... The whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, how is this going to affect the rankings? <laughs> so then what happens is Ryan Shamrock gets involved and she gets knocked off the ring. Uh, obviously causing the distraction, Val Venus picks up the win. And then... Balvinus breaks up Ryan Shamrock in the ring. And then we cut the commercial. To come back from commercial, uh, Billy Gunn is trying to console Ryan Shamrock. Ken Shamrock then attacks him. And we go to our next segment. Our next segment is the Ministry come out. And it's actually a pretty cool segment. They're trying to figure out what happened to the to the Bobby Big Boss man. Uh, Paul Bearer cuts a little promo The Undertaker probably talks about how he's going to take over The WWE one day and then we have The Big Boss Bookley Comes out oh! <laughs> I, Yeah I have that in my notes Big Boss Bookley that's what we're going to call him from now on uh, He comes out and he challenges And I mean he cuts the funniest promo Ever like I mean I love him but he shouldn't have Said anything because he just it, it doesn't work um, So he's there trying to give it to The Undertaker And if this eventually would set up Something to happen. There's lots of seeds here at WrestleMania that that do pay off at WrestleMania, so I'm not going to get into them. But I know what happens at WrestleMania, and that this obviously explains why what happens happens because it is the boss man versus the ministry. That is the the story that they're trying to tell here. Yeah. And then after that, so then they set up a match that's going to be the corporation. What's a three of my boys versus three of yours, and that's the way they put it. So that's what we're going to have later on the night. So then we have Shane McMahon, X Punk with his, his X Punk jersey. Um, going for the European title in a tag match, which is Russo-rific all over it, um, against Triple H and X-Pac. So what happens? Well, they come out to the ring, and um, again, big plug for WrestleMania, and there's a smoz. It's like four minutes. uh, China basically costs... A lot of China involvement in this. A lot of China involvement in this, yeah. Like, Uh, you say, even for, for four minutes. Yeah, it's basically the China show. It's to get her over. That's the whole point. Uh, you know, it, a lot of this will make sense in the middle of the year. They do stuff that makes way more sense in the middle of the year. But basically, she is difference maker here, and um, that's what causes 
Shane to win the the European title, right? I think it's Shane McMahon's first, it was Shane McMahon's first first championship. I think this is his first match in the ring, if not a second match. So um, wow, yeah, it's not a great showing, but I think it's his first or second match. I'm not really too what, sure which one it is. What's your what's your overall considering like not just this, consider the whole the whole career. What's your overall take on Shane in the ring before he came back or after? Your your oh like your overall. I would say before he left, he was probably one of the greatest stunt men of all time. Yes, right. Yes. Someone with, who just got it so quickly, did incredible things, left a really good legacy, and someone who you always wanted to come back. Then he came back. It's just an awful lot like his dad. Yeah. Created a tremendous legacy and then yeah. destroyed it. Yeah. And when he came back, he threw it all away with both hands. And that's um, that's honestly how I feel because I mean for you, I, I mean look when I do events, you upload the archive of, you can listen to me and Gary going, Shane was great, yeah, you know it'd be cool if he came back, five or six years before he came back, you know when it still would have been okay, and then it just never really reached out. Like there were some one or two moments when he came back to Petrari, but even when he was doing the stuff in uh, two thousand and six, it was still you know, it was not good. I think I think the thing with him was that he was never actually that great. It wasn't terrible. He's never actually that great in the ring, but he was willing to do like serious stunts. And I, well, I mean, he of... had some, he had some pretty good matches in certain in certain respects. Like never yeah, like but, a Bell classics, but like... but I would I would say that the matches he had that were in them like stunts to say that were in themselves good matches were with excellent wrestlers. So you're talking about Undertaker. You're talking about Kurt Angle. Mm. You're talking about AJ Styles, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's lads, true. you could have lads, you could have good matches with me. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's it's you know, it it's kind of sad to see, but we won't be touching that part of his career. So we're gonna see like his early days, where I think X Pac is his first real feud. And thinking about it, is X Pac is that gateway guy. So that's probably Absolutely, a way to get him to yeah. him because it's like, hey, go yeah. have. Go have a match with X Pac and see how you do, and that's probably why they did it to be like, okay, if you can have a good good series with X Pac, you'll actually be able to go into the ring. So I mean, it makes way more sense when you're looking at this twenty years removed and how they were using people on the card. So after that, um, and the match wasn't great. To be fair, it really wasn't. It was just to set up the WrestleMania match and to give, yeah, to get the belt it, off X Pac. It was it was a raw match. I mean, like I, it's I, it's not like this was the bad match on the card <laughs> no it wasn't a bad match at all it was just no, none of the matches are like you say yeah. apart from the main event but what was hilarious was afterwards when he did the backstage thing and he was congratulating <laughs> triple h on the win <laughs> he's like congratulations <laughs> triple h and he's like no you and he goes oh did i because <laughs> he's so out of it. it was so funny and i mean that's the charm that you just don't get nowadays on any show where it's like they don't take themselves seriously when they don't have to, you know, and it's just it's just kind of fun. Um, and that's immediately followed up by Bob Holly, who takes himself way too seriously. And his whole thing is he's incredible. That is what's fun about him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the the way they the way they set this up is just really funny because you have Shane who's a goofball and Bob Holly who's rebelling against being a goofball. His whole storyline is being not want to be known as Sparky plug. And then at the same time you have Michael Cole, no, sorry, Jerry King Lawler, who constantly calls him that to get over the point that he was it, you know? And you're like, 
and he will kill you if you listen. And it's kind of this fun thing where, like, you know, it, it just doesn't match what's on the screen, and it, it kind of adds to it. But Steve Blackman, I mean, Steve Blackman just came back from injury, so he this was his first real run in the, com- in the company. He was supposed to be in the company two years beforehand, but he actually went through a severe, severe injury, and also I think it was deferticulitis. So he he literally couldn't do anything. So this is his first real kind of run um, with the WWE. So we'll see what happens. And I love Steve Blackman. I think he's great. But this match did not last very long. It was two minutes and ha- two minutes fifty seconds. It didn't even get to the ring. It went straight to the back and then went outside. And it wasn't a good hardcore match, but it it, it did its job. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Win what me, me thoughts on it were yeah it was fairly in terms of the match itself it was fairly generic hardcore fare what I did take from it was that it was a match on Raw yes. like the, the, the flagship show um, that after it Bob Holly came back and had a promo to the mic and that after the promo to the mic they set up another storyline and yes. what got me with it was that here's the hardcore title that has had a match on Raw, a promo, and a storyline. Yes. Like, that is a lot more than the hardcore title would get, sort of, in the preceding years, and it's a hell of a lot more than the likes of the 24-7 title, or even into the 2010s, the likes of the Intercontinental or US title would get. But even... It was. It even set up a future program and would tie back to something else to happen. So, if you guys aren't familiar with, um, oh the goddamn! So Bart <laughs> Gunn comes, and actually they kind of dropped the ball on this initially because uh, I think Jerry Lawler makes jokes about brawl for all. And I was, <laughs> I like, was That's literally going to say, did you did you get to catch that too? It was like a fleeting we... second. We need to cover the brawl for all at some stage. We will. We'll cover the brawl for all. Uh, one of our palate cleansers between episodes we Fair, need to okay. cover the brawl okay. for all we'll absolutely do that we'll absolutely do that. we might actually we'll do it over Christmas as a Christmas special oh we'll Dara we'll do it over that'll be our Christmas present to everybody we'll do brawl for all over Christmas Dara Claus <laughs> there you go I try I try um, but yeah I mean they, dro- they drop it like randomly right and I'm like that's a weird thing to bring up out of nowhere nobody brings that up anymore and then I'm like oh my god that was so smart because what happens is, so Bob Holly was in a, was in a tag team called the New Midnight Express with Bart Gunn, right? right? It wasn't good. It was pretty terrible, actually. But it was in in that uh, it was unique in that in it being terrible because it's one of the only tag teams ever that's been called the new something that hasn't succeeded. <laughs> uh, it even had Jim Cornette though, so they did try. Oh yeah, I mean, they did try tennis racket uh, and everything. What Jim Cornette and it didn't work. Yeah. So basically, what happened is he's like, "Look, I've been here since blah blah blah, and they've always given me terrible gimmick and lame tag team partners." And then out walks, but he—that's where the weird music came from. It was Barco and using the brawl for all music, <laughs> and he goes, "Uh, you know, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm the only one that." Did that you could knock out in your brawl for all. Remember, Barkun legit shoot one brawl for all, um, and he wasn't supposed to. Doctor nope. that Steve Williams was supposed to win it. We are actually so again, guys. In two weeks, we're going to cover the entire brawl for all from start to finish. So hold that, 
hold that thought while we do it. So out walks Sable next, and Sable cuts a big old heel promo. So she turned heel everybody, and everyone's like, what's going on? Why isn't she being all nice? And then we go to the corporation versus... Oh, no, hold on, hold on. I I would like to discuss this, this Sable promo. Okay. So Sable came out in a, a very revealing... A, frankly sensational outfit a lot of uh, a lot of strategically placed straps and lines that just about covered um the business uh they also <laughs> happened to like i'm sure this wasn't in the script that it just kind of accidentally slipped out revealed that sable that week would be in playboy yes and obviously as a as a, a devoted uh, journalist and representative of the podcast, I looked that up just to give it a, a solid review. Now, here's here's what I want to know from you, Dara. Mm. So Sable, not a great wrestler. No. And in this promo, she says, that's right, Kevin, three times. So he will say, like, <laughs> so she obviously can't remember the promo. So what happened is he's lining her up for something. So he'll go, hey, Sable, I hear you are setting up for your next match. So That's right, Kevin. And uh, I hear you're going to be a playboy. That's right, Kevin. So she, she does this, that's right, Kevin thing. So not a great wrestler, not a great promo. In your opinion, Dara, why is it that she gets so much TV time? Because she was incredibly over <laughs> and she's a, a product of her time. Of her time or of her chest? She is a product of her time. <laughs> and it's very obvious. All right. Well I tried to I tried to put you into a corner there and you weren't no, <laughs> you, I, you weren't for being trapped. No, but, no, uh, no. <laughs> Dara see Dara's uh, holding on notions of, of running for office in the future so he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna have anything on record that'll incriminate him <laughs> uh, and the thing about it is there probably is enough audio to like make a really good deep fake of me though to be fair like 10 years of audio so I mean they try hard enough um, but they did notice uh, Butterbean here um, they did, and, that, yeah. and that's another subtle reference to uh <laughs> Raw for all that would be said later on. So I mean, which, which we are going to call jingle brawls. That's really good, actually. Yeah, jingle brawl. Jingle brawl. All right. Oh my the god. Ministry so, and the ministry and the corporation. So the lads come out. Uh, the big big boss Bookley, Ken Shamrock, and uh, the test, the Punisher, and Andrew Martin. That was literally a gimmick he used when I saw him. It was real bad. Uh, in the Doomsday Chamber of Blood match in TNA. Terrible match. I think that's the last match he ever had and he died. Um, <laughs> not a joke, literally. Um, so the, the APA then come out with Midian. So we love Midian as well. So we have two teams oh. led by the two most bookily boys ever. And um, yeah, it, it was it was bad. Like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think you could call it the match. Then the Undertaker walks out. Does some spooky stuff. Uh, drags out Shane. Shane screaming, 
don't cut me. Don't cut me. <laughs> I tell you God. what, I know you're I know you're you're gonna explain what actually happened, but I'll tell you what was going through my mind when I'm watching this. So the Undertaker comes out and he has Shane by the throat and Shane's down on his knees. And then the Undertaker says, I want you to send a message to your father. And the Undertaker starts unbuttoning like no, top. no, he doesn't unbutton it. He ha- it's Velcro, no. and you can no, hear the Velcro. You can hear the Velcro. <laughs> it's really he bad. Start, he starts undoing the top, like up yeah. by the chest, the top yeah. of his robe. And yeah. I swear to God, what went through my mind was, he is going to breastfeed Shane McMahon. <laughs> and I'm like, oh what a power move! What an absolute like insult <laughs> to Vince McMahon that you would drag his son onto television. And breastfeed him. That's, oh. but uh, you're a, you're a sick puppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what ended up happening. No, I mean that would have been something. All right. I think that wouldn't nobody, that have been amazing. We, nobody, if that had happened, we'd still be talking about it. That's what I'm saying. Nobody would ever forget that. That's so, <laughs> you would never forget. That's there actually in that movie, Barbarian. That's a scene in Barbarian, literally. What? Yeah, yeah. This uh this like demon woman uh starts breastfeeding Justin Long, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, it turns out he uh again what well, he does kind of has a little less impact than you're expecting because you're expecting something kind of big. And he, he does the old back to the future too, where he pu- pulls out the like an envelope and he's like, Hey, send this you know back to the future too. Uh, yeah, back, yeah, and you think he's going to pull out a gun or something, and it's not. It's just like an envelope. Gives him the old fanophile brown envelope. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, <laughs> all right, that's a little bit less impactful than I thought, you know. But anyway, so it's like Shane. I want you to take this message to your father. It's I want grand. planning permission for me business. <laughs> it's twenty grand. <laughs> 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 don't ask any questions <laughs> um, alright so then The Rock comes out wearing again the best Rock outfit ever I'm sorry I think this should have just he should have dressed in this all the time he just looks badass this um, is a boob surgery Rock god this is a, this is a very boob heavy episode of the Wrestling Rewind it's just the time that they shot it in they shot it in these three <laughs> days which they're all just you know had it on the mind now here's what's interesting right so in these four weeks which in reality is about a week for these people because they've shot it. They shot Raw a, a little bit out from the rest of the, the rest of the three shows. Um, there is a fundamental shift actually in the chant because when we started, the Ann Millions wasn't really a thing, and now people are starting to say Ann Millions and Jerry the King Lawler is still being healed. He goes, "And how many Rock tell us?" And really, you know, the crowd are starting to say and millions. So The Rock is getting more and more it's over. It's picking up. It's pe- he's, yeah. he's clearly a heel. And and this is a crowd that is recognizing that he's a heel, but is chomping at the absolute bit cheer for him. to yeah. cheer him. They, like they really, just want, to really cheer him. want to cheer him. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. And he, you can actually see it in his face as well. I'm like replaying it here. He's like, no, I kind of. He's trying to himself back because he's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah, still he's a like, heel. No, I'm, I'm still a heel. heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's cool to see because, like, even in the again, even in these three shows, which for us has been like five weeks, but for these guys, it's only been like maximum six days. 
Well, hold on. Like, let's think about it. So it was a Saturday Night Raw, which would have been done then, on which would which would have been done on a block tape and on a Monday, right? So oh, that's a Monday, right? Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it, then yeah. there was. So I, I was thinking it was four days, but no, you're right. That would have been pre-taped. Yeah, that was so, pre-taped. Yeah, yeah. That Saturday Night Raw, Sunday Night Heat, which would have been pre-taped as well on the on the Monday, hmm. pay-per-view on the Sunday, Raw on the Monday. So yeah, but but still, that's four shows in a bit of week. But even with mankind, you know he's losing this going into it, right? But they really selling. They did a spot earlier on where he was trying to climb up a ladder and he couldn't really do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that Man- reminded me of what you were saying earlier about how uh, these, like back then, they, they didn't take themselves quite as seriously. And I absolutely love that. I love that mankind was the champion. That mankind has this reputation as this absolute uh, tough sob. Like shoot him, stab him, throw him off a building. He'll always come back. But when it's not in the ring, he has absolutely no issue like being a goofball. Yeah, I mean that makes him kind of human because you're like, yeah, man, you got kind of battered last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know this from, from being in the ring, man, like, you know, or even fighting, like, you know, it depends what it's been like. There's some days you can't get out of bed, like, you know, oh my God, and yeah. the amount of respect you have for people that do anything like this, you're like, it's very easy for some guys on podcasts who've never done anything like that, like any it, MMA or training. And, or anything. and I'll tell you, particularly, and, yeah. particularly with Mankind. See, taking a proper bump in a wrestling ring, mm. I don't think most people realise how much that sucks. No, like that I'd, ima- really I'd, imagine sucks. It, I'd imagine it wouldn't be fun see, at all. See, taking a bump on concrete, take that bump on wrestling ring and magnify it by 100. It's it's unreal. Every time you, ta- you take a bump in a wrestling ring, knocks the wind out of you a little bit. Every time you take a bump on concrete, and I've only done it a handful of times, you lay there wondering, is is this the time I've really hurt myself? Is is this... Because it, it, it knocks the air out of you in a totally different way. Like, for a second, you're laying there and you can't move and you're like, is this it? So I have, like, all the great matches aside, all the great promos aside, the fact that he's, by all accounts, just a great guy aside, I have the most tremendous amount of respect for Mick Foley. I mean, look, I can't, I can't relate to that. As I said, I've never really been in the ring as such so like i don't know but you know all i can say is when you get kicked really hurts <laughs> yeah you know when you get kicked it really hurts when you get punched it really hurts you know that is so, coming from a position of knowledge because as we mentioned last week our comrade dara is a red belt he is our take one bro yeah very much so so one away from black folks which means you, you fight black belts every week not fun so, you know, nothing but respect for anyone who goes out and do it. And I mean, obviously, that's a bit more controlled than taking bumps off cages and shit. But, you know, I imagine when you're when you're doing that, you know, there needs to be a level of respect that just I think gets lost in the shovel sometimes on people on podcasts who are like, I bet you can't run up, run up those stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'll run up those stairs and then talk about someone's work rate. You know, it's it's funny. But um, yeah. what, and I mean, what like, like in terms of like fitness and work rate. Mick Foley went out there and did a 30 minute match. Yeah. Yeah. The longest, I mean, the longest match I've ever had was 10 minutes long. 
And when the match was over, I rolled out of the ring and I actually rolled under the ring because I thought my heart was going to stop or my lungs were going to burst or I was going to throw up. I was in that stage of panic where you actually can't, you can't breathe enough to, to like you're so exhausted you can't breathe enough and that was a 10 minute match I had so you know the the whole um, blown out thing and I know look we made fun of Goldberg about it but I mean he's a professional he should his cardio should be better like there's the thing about ring shape and it really is a thing yeah. like with us I remember with my grade in there you know since you brought it up um, I had to do five rounds of sparring and they're like two to four minutes oh and after that, you're like, and usually they do two on one as well, but I didn't have to do it this time, which is good because we're doing breaking, um, which is breaking boards like two inches of wood, you know. Um, so I mean, after that, you're just you're in bits, you know. And after sparring, you're like, I might get sick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's it's tough, man. I mean, like you really don't know until you're doing it, right? So you know, all credit to Foley. I and mean, Foley wasn't didn't look like the most fit guy in the world, but he really wasn't in bad. Like you'd hear people talk about him. You watch him now, and he's just. Yeah, he doesn't have a six pack, but he's not in, oh, not no, in bad he, shape. He was absolutely you know? not like, uh, like I said, the, the the level of fitness it takes to have any any length of a wrestling match, and uh, your point there about ring shape was fantastic. Because see, even when I was training, I'd be there with you know my old belly on me and that, but I was training there two years at that stage, and mm. we'd have guys come in who were like big gym bros, oh, yeah. or guys who could go out and who could run from you know cork to kinsale and back again and you know barely be out of breath but see when they hit that ropes and the rope bounces you back and you're running you're actually running slightly faster than you're you're capable of running you're kind of mm. just keeping up with yourself yeah. those guys were dead on their feet in yeah. 30 seconds you know? I, th- I think that i think it's the only the only kind of Oh, it's a very, very specific kind of fitness. I'd, I'd imagine so. Again, look, I have very limited experience with it. Um, well, I'd you know, imagine but... you have you have a, a notion of what it's like, but the, you know, with the rounds and fighting, like like yeah. a two minute round doesn't sound like a lot until you're in it. Until you're in it. Until you're in it. And that's something you can't explain to people. You're like, man, two minutes well, is, is a long. My my MM, uh, MMA fight, my first and uh, and last. Uh, my 100% victory record <laughs> MMA fight. I won that in two minutes flat. And when I think about it, when I think back to it, that match went on for half an hour. In my it's a good head. fight, though. It's I a good thought fight. Was, you did great. I thought it was never going to end. Martin kills your man, basically. <laughs> and, I, just and, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm it like, was great. Jesus, know? man, would you go down? I am wrecked punching you. But I mean, that's the thing, you know, and like, obviously, like sparring, even competition sparring is very different. There's competition and then there's martial art. Martial art is much more violent um, and because it's no pads. You don't wear pads anywhere. You just sometimes wear a mouth guard, you know, so you just, you know, destroy knees and elbows and stuff like that. Like, so it's very different. But competition is like two round pads and all that kind of stuff. So it's very different. You're scoring points, you know, you're not actually trying to hurt someone. Martial art, you're usually trying to like disable someone some way. So they are very different. So two round, two minutes can be hell or can be all right but oh. the actual fitness itself that it takes i mean yeah we make jokes about a two minute match but like it that the two minute wrestling match and a two minute fight are different things oh, and then yeah. even two minute wrestling match can be very intense depending on what it is so i mean it's just kind of i thought i'd bring that up because when mick foley comes out here he's limping 
So they're selling the fact that he is actually hurt here. And it's very rare you'd see Mick Foley actually hurt. You never really see him selling that injury in such a way because he always gives off that invincibility aura. So, you know, they're already selling, look, he's, the deck is stacked against him here. You know, it's a ladder match. He's not really a ladder match kind of guy. But then again, Triple H and The Rock were, you know, the benchmark here in Shawn Michaels. Austin comes out to do commentary. And yeah, I mean, Rock does everything. I do have to say, Rock takes a ladder to the face by accident. And it's the mankiest spot <laughs> of the whole match where he hits him with the chair. And the ladder smacks him in the face. And I do not know how he didn't bust his cheek or lose a tooth there, there are, or there, something. There are a couple of great spots. So apart from like, I'm sure we get like the really big spots. Yeah, but that was just there, a little throwaway spot that I had to yeah, bring up because it's gas. There are a couple of those. Because sorry, afterwards he's just like, you can see him just going, oh my face. <laughs> but there are a couple of great spots in this match that are like not huge big moments, but are just really visceral and really vicious. So the first thing I'd say about this is the ladder in this is not the ladder you get in modern matches. Like this, it's thing a real is ladder. It's a real scratched ladder. Scratched and torn. Yeah. There's a sticker on the side of it that's half torn off. This is a ladder. <laughs> yeah, they probably, but they probably bought it down they, the road in Lowe's. They went or backstage and they were like, "Oh, hey, does does the venue happen to have a ladder <laughs> we can borrow for twenty minutes? <laughs> we'll bring it back. We swear." So. Even just like the little, and they're not little, but like compared to huge spots, even just the little things like the rock wanging uh, Mankind's knee off, it made me oh, wince. Yeah. Mankind, sm- like you said, smacking the rock with the chair and the chair hitting him, the ladder hitting him in the face. But even then when he went down, Mankind beating the ladder with the chair, that great, oh, so much of wrestling is sound. That great yeah. steel on steel sound, even though that probably didn't actually hurt that much. That's, that's what you want. You don't want them to actually hurt. Amazing. You don't want them to actually hurt each other. You know, like the whole point of wrestling is that they don't really hurt each other that much. You know, it's yeah. Oh, that the show that, of it. You know, that steel on steel sounds amazing. Then they batter up uh, out through the audience, and they have the uh, they come across the safety railing and the knuckle yes. safety railing, and and there were callbacks. There were sorry, just. Real quick on that point, yeah, yeah. callbacks to three the three matches that they've had so far, because they really wanted to sell that this was the last one, and it actually is the last one in this feud where they feud there's this blood feud. It kind of distance dissipates after this. They actually did a great. St- I remember this is a raw where your matches are t- two minutes, right? Um, they actually did little callbacks to all our matches, so there's little spots that tie back to the Royal Rumble, the tie oh, back yeah. to Valentine's Day, the tie back to. Saturday, uh, something in the heat. You know, it's it's really hard to have time heat. It's actually really, really, really well done. Fair play to them. The oh, build. this is a, like, like overall, this is an excellent, excellent match. Uh, so yeah, so they, they fight up through the ring and, and uh, uh, they get thrown into uh, like the uh, safety railing or the uh, safety barricade and the rocks laying on it and Mankind drops an elbow on him. It's, oh, that looks great. And then Mankind gets up and he goes to drop another elbow on and the rock moves. And just mm. Mick Foley's whole body just comes down on this yeah. railing, and it's just like Jesus, Mick. It is Monday Night Raw. This crowd is so hot; like all you have to do is pull the sock out of your pants, and they'll go nuts. Yeah. And you're out here killing yourself. Like he's, yeah. ah, he's just incredible. I love Mick Foley so much. 
Oh man, it you know, Aaron. It's funny you mention because that's how the end comes. The end comes where uh, the Rock is going up the ladder. Foley pulls a sock out. Uh, <laughs> he fights. He fights the sock off, but it still lands. The Mandible Claw. He's fading. Paul White then comes out. Not the Big Show. Paul White uh, then comes out and actually does the weirdest choke slam I've ever seen. Where I thought it was amazing. It is, and that's what he should have always done. It's such a cool way of doing the choke slam, which he Huge never did. Sp- so it's like it's like a so, spinning choke slam. Yeah. So for any any listeners who haven't seen it, he, he grabs mankind by the throat on the ladder, and then he he turns, but he doesn't just turn. As he's turning, he jumps and he spins, and he yeah. almost like fires mankind off at an angle. I it's, thought he was going to put him through the ring. It's amazing. Yeah, I thought I was going to put it's, through the ring. That was that much force. Yeah. And I'm like, holy hell, that's really impressive. It's the most impressive I've ever seen the big show. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible. You know? Um, and we will witness the decline of the big show <laughs> over this year. Because, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and, then, and then the rise of the big show. And then the decline, and then the of, the decline big show. of the big show. <laughs> yeah. And then the many heel turns of the big show. And then the, He's actually... The, and, and, and I, I don't... I don't mean this to sound like a hot take but earlier if we go back to the ministry and corporation thing the undertaker was out there doing his uh speech this is before the whole thing with uh shane mcmahon and all that yes and he's out there and he's doing his the, the darkness will rise and we will take over but and there's boring chants happening in the background boring yeah. And, yeah. you know, the Undertaker is out there. He's doing this sort of meaningless waffle. Oh, just getting, like, big Bray Wyatt vibes off him. And th- this is, like, say this, like, like I said, I don't, mean, <laughs> I don't mean this to sound like a hot take because the Undertaker had an incredible career. Like, if you look at his career as a whole, like, you're talking about Mount Rushmore of wrestling. But, my God, that was... That career, if you look at it in detail, had a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys. Like well, he was lot, actually going to leave. A lot of what The Undertaker did was dumb. He, he was going to leave at this point. That's why he I came mean, back as the American Badass. Because he was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do a WCW or you can let me do it here. Yeah, I mean, I mean it makes sense because he's out there doing his ministry shtick in the middle of like, a really hot crowd like this this crowd is popping for Jeff Jarrett and the yeah. Undertaker the Undertaker it wasn't a good, is it wasn't is a good crowd there. it wasn't a good crowd to do in front of it really wasn't I mean boring chance yeah it wasn't it wasn't the right I mean that could have that could have been a backstage segment which it should have been you know like there are some cooler ones and I mean look we'll get to it we'll <laughs> hold it we'll, we'll get to it there's a lot to say on that I don't think now is the time to do it because there's still more context than it and I want to, when it wraps up I want I, and, I, and I <laughs> I cannot wait to get into the higher power stuff yeah that's why I want to hold it to it so I do agree so, yeah. with you to an extent but I really want to save it for that yeah. episode and, but, and the only other thing I'd say before and I'm sorry to interrupt again the sorry. only other thing I'd say before we get to the end is that we skipped over uh <laughs> He skipped over a backstage segment after really? the intercontinental after the intercontinental match. Okay. After Val Venus dumped Ryan Shamrock, she was backstage. No, I said this. She was comforted by Ken, by, by Val Venus and Ken attacked her. Ken she was comforted him. by Billy Gunn. Yeah, and then Val, and then Ken Shamrock attacked. Yeah, 
and then Cat Shamrock attacked him. So it's like, uh, yeah, you can't even talk. So never, never mind bedding her in a hotel room that's in the arena. You cannot even talk to his sister without him assaulting you. I think, I think he just fancies the sister. He did date her in real life. She's not really a sister. Oh my god, that's right. I for, I actually forgot you to. This is so weird. This whole thing. <laughs> this is whole so, thing is so weird. It's so this weird. wrestling thing is so weird. <laughs> it's, it's so, I like the way that's what you realise when it was weird. <laughs> but anyway, so Paul White does the awesome choke slam, and I want you guys to remember that because that's the peak of Big Show's career. Um, it's very important. Remember that. Um, and then until he came out pretending to be Hulk Hogan, that was pretty. Okay, good. that's pretty good too. That's pretty good as well. I'll give you that one. Um, and then obviously, you know, Mankind loses because. The deck has been stacked against him. He's injured and he just got literally choke slammed to hell. Like, I mean, no one's getting up from that. Looked, Legitimately, like that looks salad. One so of the best one of the best choke slams ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I wasn't joking that it's the highlight of his career. I'm like, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Like, that is legitimately one of the best choke slams I have ever seen. And if he had if that had been his finisher the whole time, I mean, no he, he should have. And because what happened was he ended up, like, I'm not saying wrestlers shouldn't be safe, but the problem with uh, the big show later in his career was that he used to do these choke slams where he'd get them up really impressively high and then he'd, like, gently put them down or he'd, like, bend over with his hand on their back and put them down. No, I mean, you need Come to on. bury them. Like, you need to absolutely... And I don't want oh, to... You know, spin and turn. <laughs> I mean, the slam is the it's in the name. Like, if that's your finisher, do the slam, you know. And you know, there are safer ways to take it, you know, tables or whatever, breaking it. But I mean, you know, the way he Mick Foley w- was able to take it as well, so it was probably really safe. Um, but still, man, I mean, it looked really impressive, and I think the big show, and also, the, the, you know, get not getting too much into it, but the big show start doing the punch and start doing the final cut. They just don't have the same impact as the, as the show style. and all that. Yeah, it's terrible. Just terrible. But anyway, Rock gets the win. Um, crowd isn't happy. They still kind of pop a little bit, but they're not happy. Uh, and then Austin comes in and uh, does I the mean, Stone Cold Stunner. A, a, a Stone Cold Mankind WrestleMania would have would have been pretty cool. Like that. I but uh, you know I don't think it would have. Ah, it no, it's not. It, it's not like. <sighs> In you hindsight, biggest, in hi- you, you got the biggest heel and the biggest baby face. Like that's that's WrestleMania, you know. In hindsight, I would have rather had Mankind versus The Rock. In hindsight, but they'd already had so that's what many I'm saying. matches. At that that's what I'm saying. If if that should have been the WrestleMania feud, but the real overall Archer feud was Austin overcoming McMahon. So yeah. they kind of had to do what they had to do. Now. If you watched it on the network, you got something which I didn't realize was a thing until just oh, now. Oh, I actually have notes of it this as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, this is something new that just happened, so I just figured this out. What was it they called it? Extra, extra attitude. attitude. So this is something that we've never seen before, <laughs> folks. No. Uh, and it just appeared randomly on this episode. This is, this is like the only time, isn't it? I'm not sure. I guess we're going to have to keep track of it now when we're watching next week's one. But it, obviously, so we've heard tales for years that, I mean, if, if you've been to Raw Tapens, you know, they do stuff after the main event happens. It's usually a match or a promo or something. But 
there were tales of them doing this all the way back in the nineties. So you know, you get weird stories like spinner Rooney's and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, this is just Austin, you know, celebrating with the beer and you know, messing with the rock and and then it's weird because the rock starts taunting him with beers and then it just leads to obviously what it is where he gets stunned to hell. <laughs> what it is. But what did you make of the rock's promo before he got obviously stunned to hell and then Foley with his mask off, which is very weird. You never really see it that much. <laughs> do you know what but, I loved about it? What? Uh, so the rock soon is promo. Because it's completely out of character. Like Foley just it, lost the belt and he's in there with a beer. With the rock. It, it, but, but sure, it's all out of character. Like, th- so this is... Like, it's a classic WWF, WWE. Once the camera's off, they, they do stuff to send the crowd home happy, even if it's Which is not, what it was. Yeah, even that, if this it's is not exactly what it was. Canon. Like, Austin is absolutely peeing himself in the corner, like, when he yeah, probably puts yeah. the man of the This is on. like, it, it reminded me a little bit of, so there's like a real famous uh, sort of after Raw segment where uh, they got wrestlers out, um, Kane and, and to do the spinneroony, the Undertaker, they were yeah, trying to get yeah. all to do the spinneroony. Yeah, 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 like it wouldn't happen on the show, but it's uh, yeah, it's something for the fans. Do you know what I, I loved about this? So what? yeah, so, so so the Rock was like, oh, I just want to share a beer with Austin before we before you go one on one with the great one, and then mankind's like, I'll have a beer too, blah blah. There was actually a great moment where the three of them's in the ring. Yeah. And the three of them have their beers. Yeah. And they're all going in for like the the, the slancha, the cheers, yeah. right? But none of them trust the, the other one. Yeah. So they're like <laughs> e- edging in, like inch by inch, but with their arms outstretched with the beers. It looks like a Mexican standoff. And it's then the rock fa- is the first one to turn and get stunned. Fantastic. I, well, what, I, what I loved about loved it is. That. I loved that. What I loved about it as well is like you can tell that Austin and, and Mick are like, legit friends throughout the whole yeah. time which is why it wouldn't have worked in the main event because you're like <laughs> exactly. they legitimately like each other. <laughs> because yeah because yeah. everyone would want Austin to win but, but no one wants Foley want to lose Vic to lose yeah so. yeah and that's the problem I mean like that's why he never had that match at WrestleMania because it's like no literally not one no one in this arena wants you to lose Nobody at home wants you to lose as much <laughs> as you want Austin to win. It's you know, there you go. That's that's K Fay uh Vince McMahon. He should have just done that. That would have oh, been yeah. a win. You know, <laughs> you had the answer the whole time. <laughs> there was two other great moments that happened in this attitude extra. Uh one of them was other way around. Extra when attitude. The, extra attitude. Apologies. Apologies, Father. I done. We we go to great lengths here at Wrestling Rewind to make sure that all our information is uh, comes from three independent sources. Exactly. It, it's uh, NewsGuard certified. It's NewsGuard certified and everything. I apologize. We're not. We're not. We're not INM here. We're, we're, <laughs> we're real news. Real. Um, so there's a, there's a great bit where The Rock and Austin are like. It's almost like do you, do you know the superpowers collide yeah. where where they're Hogan and Macho Man are like inches away from shaking hands and their hands are shaking and all that. Uh, Austin and Rock are like inches away from, from touching beers, from, from from cheers and beers. And it's like, but everyone who has a beer with, with Austin gets stunned. And all you hear is this one guy in the crowd going, don't do it, Rock! Don't do it! Don't do it, Rock! I didn't hear that. My dog agrees. Oh, that's poppy. I, I absolutely love that. And then the other thing that popped me was 
this is one of the rare, maybe the only time I've ever seen it, where don't the guy, the guy, no, don't do it wrong. He's going to stun you. Have you never seen totally wrestling? Totally believes it's real and everything. Have you, have you never seen wrestling? Um, but yeah, so later on, one of the other things that popped me was this is very rare, possibly the only time I've ever seen it where Austin's in the ring, he's doing his drinking beers and fingering the crowd. Well, you know what I mean. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's a different show. <laughs> he's in his drinking beers and giving the crowd the finger. There you go. Um, and your man's throwing beers into the ring and he drops one of them. It's very rare, yeah. He doesn't catch it. He jumps up. He puts the arm up to catch it and he fumbles it and he drops it. And I was like, oh! 36 years of watching wrestling I'm so jaded <laughs> something new <gasps> so I just saw here on, on Facebook uh, shout out to Irish Wrestling Forum uh, the lads there are pretty good actually Martin I think that's where we, we we recruited you from that is where we met before I left in disgrace after <laughs> one particularly drunken night when I went on and tried to argue something nonsense and fell out with everybody like ah, sh- ah sure look look we've all made mistakes <laughs> But there's a good post there that says uh, today's wrestling fans will never understand what WWE was like in the 90s and it's just a sea of signs. Oh, yeah. And it's true. And I mean, the thing about it is that's, why we, that's one of the great things about doing this show. And, and the act- best thing is that none of the signs are people advertising their own goddamn podcast. No, they're usually... Uh... <laughs> they're, they're about the actual wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and a, a lot of uh, stuff that you can't repeat anymore because you get cancelled. But, I'm uh, telling you, Dar, there is money to be made in our signs of '90s wrestling book. Just a picture book <laughs> with just we'd have sun. to we'd have to use pseudonyms though, because you don't want when you Google your name to get the signs of you know <laughs> such and such is an, is the F word, or such and such is you know <laughs> you know this that or the other. You know, it's. I mean, the the, the tamest version I can think of is. Uh, uh, what was the one we had a couple of weeks ago? Uh, road dogs in the ring doing the oh, you didn't know, and all you can see in the background is someone up holding up a sign saying, Hey, road dog, did you know you're white? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or such and such is gay, you know, uh, or all the synonyms for gay, or yeah, yeah, uh, or what's, yeah. what's another one? Um. F you China. <laughs> just randomly. Or all oh oh my god, all just the the thirst traps. The, the thirst traps then, yeah. Sable. Oh, yeah. Come, hey Sable. Yeah, come over here and spell. Let me motherboat ways. you as if Sable was gonna see that and go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, Although what I will say is, as I mentioned earlier, folks, I did for just to preserve the journalistic integrity of the show, I did check out Sable's uh play by shoot. It is very tastefully done. Uh, she's a very well kept together lady. So now we know what. So and highly, her rest- highly highly recommend you all take a look at it. And her wrestling ability is intact. worse than mine. Okay, <laughs> worse than mine. All worse right. than mine. Although she is much much more uh, trimmed. And manicured than I am. Fair, fair. 
I got a, I got a, I got a kind of a wild bush thing going on. Oh my god! She has a sort of a kind of like a a lightning boat or a landing strip. Well, folks, this is why you listen to the podcast. And if, and if you're wondering why the show has weird edits, you're not listening to the podcast. Well, now you know, because I have to edit the show <laughs> so we don't get so we don't get in trouble. Uh, so, yes, folks, if you want to listen to the show completely unedited, where you get to hear our nonsense for longer periods of time about stuff that probably would get us kicked off, um, you can find it over on nerdtoknowmedia.com the wrestlingrewind.com the true penny channel where james has to deal with it. poor james sorry man and um but hey it's all it's all in jest it's all in fun we all have a good time we all go home happy and again this happened 20 years ago and we didn't write any of it so i was eight exactly. martin you were probably i'm sure the lightning strip isn't or older. are you a little older than me you're a little older than me aren't you like two years i'm 36 oh yes you're two years older than me so you, you'd be like 10 i was eight you were 10 absolutely yeah? Yeah, so I mean, yeah. we were kids, we watched it, it didn't do us any harm, well I mean, that's arguable, but um, it's all fine. <laughs> Just don't right. watch WCW in 2000, because that still does you harm. Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> we're that still did me harm, at 36 years of age, that did me we, harm. We, we're still not over that, like, we covered it a year ago. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced if you did like a, a, a study of all the school shooters over the past oh 10 God. years, every single one of them would have been brought up with 2000's WCW. <laughs> What about what about the ones that happened before two thousand two WCW? They were brought up with all Japan death matches. <laughs> we're going to leave it there. So, Martin, <laughs> before we go, um, while we wait for CM Punk to finally um, accept your challenge, now that he's is is open for taking bookings seems like he's open now he doesn't really so doesn't know what he wants to do where can people find you what have you got to plug well i'd say it's so here's the thing dara um we have a decision to make here once you get this patreon open and the thousands and thousands of euros start to flow in, <laughs> do we buy st valentine massacre domain or do we Book CM Punk in an MMA fight. We do both, and we call it St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh my holy god! This, this is why Dara is the brains of the oper- operation. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, it writes itself, you know. Even if it's on like if the November, we still call it that anyway. So the the only thing I want to plug, and it's it's only because like I was saying earlier, I woke up at five o'clock this morning, couldn't sleep. I know what this couldn't is. Fi- the minute I saw it. The minute couldn't, I saw it, I was going to tag you and then I realized it was you. Go on. Couldn't, couldn't figure out why I couldn't sleep. Because normally I I lay into the last minute, but my body woke me up. It knew <laughs> something. It knew something was in the air. <laughs> so I lifted my old phone and I I opened it up. I said, Asher, look, I'll I'll scroll for a while. Maybe maybe something will bore me. I'll fall back asleep. Certainly, there could be nothing on the phone at this time of day that would raise my blood pressure and and, and put me into a, an absolute frenzy of excitement. And wasn't I a fool? Supergiant Games have announced that they are currently in the process of making Hades 2! Yes, Secret sir. one of the best games I have 36 years old, I grew up with Ocarina of Time, I grew up with the original Smash Brothers, 
Mario 64, Conker's Bad 4 Day, Jet, Jet Force Gemini, all the insane, classic, amazing games you can think of. Hades is one of my all top three games ever. And it is getting a sequel. And if I was any more excited, it would be considered a mental illness. <laughs> well, I saw it. And as I said, I was going to tag you in it. But then I'm like, oh, he's posted it. So <laughs> there's nobody more happy than I was to see it. So fair play. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it. I really, really enjoyed the first one. Still enjoyed the first one, actually. Uh, so that's going to be cool. I don't really have anything to plug. I'm going to try and endeavor um, to finally get around to setting up the Patreon. Uh, we're going to totally do Brawl for All over Christmas. I'm just going to have a look at the calendar here. Uh, actually, yeah, we could probably do it Christmas week, actually, because I'm off tell, Christmas tell, week, so. tell you what, Dar. Tell you what. What? what? Let's put a number on it. What, what do you think is, in terms of Patreon... Uh, submissions what do you think is achievable like realistic i don't know like take right right let me see this if we get one star to get it set up if we get a hundred patreon subscribers right we'll review pot brawl for all and then me and dara will have a fight (laughs) we're gonna do brawl for all anyway I'm we're going to do Brawl for All, and then we're going to record me and Dara having a fight, and it's going to go up on Patreon. <laughs> See, the moral of the story with Brawl for All is you don't do real fights because you can't rig them. That's the, what that's yeah. that's the lesson we're going to exactly. teach people, that's, that's, Yeah, Yeah, we're going to teach them that through our hubris <laughs> of having a real fight, <laughs> and it being a disaster, and me and you falling out and the podcast ending. <laughs> Now you're giving people encouragement. They're like, finally, we get rid of these idiots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Subscribe. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. But we will, for for a Christmas present, we will do the Brawl for All. We'll also, we're going to do an end of the year show. And it's kind of weird because we don't really cover modern wrestling. So I don't know how. Tell you what we'll do. We do an end of year show for nine. No, we can't do it, actually. No, no, Let, no, man. No, we, we can't. We, so. What we do is, we're though. We're still wrestling fans. So. We, we we might not cover everything for the show, but I watch most things, and I it's true. Martin does. I have he, a lot to say. <laughs> that's true, and we will try to get James on as well because he does come on every year around this time to talk about stuff. So, and I we'll do like do... talking to James. He's, yeah, he's James really is a nice good guy. guy. He is a really good guy. So look, we have a couple of things coming up. As I said, um, it's getting to that silly season where people are off work and so that. So we'll try to pump out more content. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Again, this is a super long show. So if you guys are just listening to the Phoenix Sound version, <laughs> you've missed a lot of show. Um, go over and get the unedited version. Most over. of it libelous. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, so yeah, we're going to, that's all there where you guys can check out completely unedited. And we'll be back next week here on Phoenix FM. And uh, yeah, go over to wrestlingrewind.com. Check out all the shows. Bye, guys. Give up for our Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.